Hey, college kids, welcome back to my podcast, Two Cares About College. This is part one of my interview with Seth from Brown University. I'm just here to remind you, as usual, to check out my blog, collegerealitycheck.com, and follow me on Instagram at underscore a college kid underscore. Enjoy. Hey, college kids. Welcome back to my podcast, Who Cares About College? In today's episode, I'll be interviewing Seth. So if you could introduce yourself. Yeah, uh, my name is Seth. Um, I'm from Washington, D.C., majoring in math and computer science, and I am a rising sophomore. At Brown University. Brown University. Okay, so let's start all the way back, whenever this was for you. What was your expectation or your family's expectation with higher education? Were you expected to, first of all, go to college and then second, go to an elite top university? Um, I was definitely expected to go to college. Um, Both my parents also went to college. Um, In terms of an elite university, um, I'd say no. I mean, I think they expected me to go to a good college, um, not necessarily something like Brown. Like, I think um, they just wanted me to go somewhere that was a good fit and you know, was, was reasonably good. Mm-hmm. And can you give us a quick, I guess, summary of your demographics, like race, gender, socioeconomic status. So we know what the admissions officers saw when they opened your application. Yeah. Um, so they would have seen um, my race is I'm mostly white um, and a little bit Middle Eastern. Um, I, I think that might've just be, might just be white on the, yeah, I, th- uh, I think it is classic. On the college application um, uh, gender is male um socioeconomic status i would say upper middle class um yeah all right and to start off with your high school what kind of high school did you attend you know first like was it public or private and was it a rigorous high school did they offer a lot of those advanced placement courses and did they send a lot of students to like you know good top universities yeah so i went to a public magnet school um here in dc and I would say that it was um, somewhat pretty rigorous. I mean, it, it was it was competitive. Um, there were a lot of AP courses. A lot of people also um, took courses at the George Washington University, which is actually on the campus of. So um, there was there's a relationship between my high school and, and GW. So um, yeah, I would say it was pretty competitive, and we did we did generally send quite a few kids to um really good schools um like you know the ivies stanford ucs and stuff like that and can you quickly explain what is a public magnet school yeah so a public magnet school basically takes kids so it's it's like a city thing they it takes kids from all over the uh, all over the city and it is there's usually um like an application um you might have to like do some testing um, interviews, uh, in order to get in. And yet compared to like most like, uh, public schools and cities, usually they only take from a certain area in the city rather than the entire city. And was your school concentrated on something? Like, was it an engineering focus school or like a humanities focus school? Yeah, I would say definitely the focus was humanities, which is not at all what I'm focused on now, but um, yeah, it was, it was somewhat humanities focused, but I mean, everything was pretty good and you really had the option to do um, like to kind of focus a little bit more on what you wanted, especially with that, that program with the George Washington university. In fact, some students actually 
did all their junior and senior classes at GW. I didn't do that, but um, some people did that too. So let's first talk about, you know, like your courses, GPA, SAT, before we get into your extracurriculars and such. So with your, let's say classes, can you walk us through high school and say like how many AP classes you ended up taking? And if you did partake in that GW program, and then what did your GPA, both unweighted and weighted come out to be? Yeah. So I think I took like 10 or 11 APs. Um, and then, yeah, so I did take quite a few classes at, at GW. Um, I took all math classes. Um, and I think I took, I took three. Um, and my unweighted GPA was, I want to say like 3.8 and then weighted maybe 4.2 or 4.3. And I have a question. So with, because there's a difference between doing an enrollment in like a community college in high school versus what you did. And I've interviewed some people who have done like similar programs at their Mm -hmm. high school. Like one guy, he was in New York and he is high school offered people to take classes at Columbia University. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me how those classes affected your, whether they did or did not affect your like GPA and how your like different classes were weighted? Did colleges view you differently than other applicants because you already took college classes? Um, Yeah. So it had no, absolutely no effect on my, um, my high school GPA for people who were taking all their classes. That was like a particular program. And in that case, you're getting high school and college credits, but for that, I was just exclusively getting college credits. Um, so had no effect on my high school uh, GPA and colleges I, I applied to. I, you know, I submitted that my GW uh, transcript so that they saw that too. Um, so yeah, they did see that. Um, and it, it certainly uh, may have helped um, to, to show that I could do well in college classes. All right. So let's go on to actually one more thing, you know, I want to know, how do you study for AP tests? Like, what did you do to study for your uh, 10 to 11? Oh, if you did take the test. Um, yeah. Strategy? So, I mean, I think, um, I would say that mainly I would just use the, um, like the, what are those, like the Barons, like guides. Uh, honestly, like I took AP starting in like eighth grade all the way through 12th. So when I was younger, I probably didn't study as much as I should have. Um, but yeah, I think those guidebooks were generally pretty helpful. Some I studied more than others, like, uh, for like math, I generally didn't study too much because that was something I was stronger at versus the humanities. I tended to study a little bit more. Um, and, and they're also, I think the school is pretty good at giving us a lot of time at the end of the, the year, like leading up to the AP to like study and review stuff. So I didn't need to do too much outside of school. Oh, okay. So they helped you with the AP test. I mean, just like in classes, like there were review sessions, but um, there weren't any like, I mean, there might have been, but I didn't do any like after school opportunities or anything like that. But yeah, I, I didn't study a ton, but uh, yeah, I think those Barron's Guides, um, Princeton Review are, are all pretty helpful uh, just to review content. All right. So let's move on to SAT, ACT. Walk me mm-hmm. through the whole process. When did you start thinking about taking either the SAT or ACT? What preparations did you do? Yeah, so so for preparation, I think I started thinking about it like junior year. Uh, I took, I, I did like the Khan Academy. I thought that was a really great resource. Um, this is for SAT. For SAT, yeah, I didn't I didn't take the ACT. So I think the first time I took it might have been 
like early March. And I think that I took, I took it with my school in early March of my junior year and then October of my senior year. And I also took it on my own once in June. So I think, yeah, Khan Academy was, was pretty helpful um, as, as a resource. It was, it's, you know, it's free. It's uh, very comprehensive. There's a lot of practice tests. And that was, that was mainly what I did. Mm-hmm. And what did your super score end up being the one that was like, you know, all yeah. combined that the colleges saw? Yeah, my super score was a 1540 uh, with an 800 in math and 740 in English. All right. All right. So let's go into the more fun stuff, which is extracurriculars. Mm-hmm. One thing you were definitely like, I can tell by now that you were definitely stronger in the more like STEM area than humanities. Mm-hmm. But in high school, did you have any sort of idea what you wanted to pursue like as a career? Did you have any idea where you would fall in that? Yeah, I mean, sort of. And I still sort of don't really know. I mean, like I it, it changed like I was more. um I think that when I was maybe like a junior, I was kind of interested in like finance um, and more like math. I've always been interested in math and known I wanted to do something with that, but I was more into like economics and like, you know, stocks and like thinking, oh, maybe I want to do finance or like investment banking. And I would say that's definitely not something I want to do anymore. Um, but it's, it's honestly changed a lot. Uh, I, feel, I feel like, yeah, for me, it's like, I've always known math is like something that I want to be related to the thing I do, but now I'm more in computer science. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't really say I ever knew for sure. Okay. So then let's go into your extracurriculars and see how those relate to your, um, interest in math. Can you walk us through at least the main extracurriculars that you put on your college application? Sure. Um, yeah. So I think the number one, I saw like, I had a few bigger extracurriculars that were all sort of more, um, like, in my later years in high school. So I think the biggest was probably research. So I actually, with that GW program, at the end of a, my first course, uh, I took a GW, the math professor reached out to the students and was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing some research with undergraduates. And like, if you're interested, reach, uh, like email me, let me know. So I was like, I'm interested. And, you know, I worked on research with some undergraduates at GW um, and, we published some research. So I think that was, that was one of the biggest things I had. Well, tell uh, us all about that. So your professor, you didn't even have to reach out to him. He reached out to you. Yeah. So he, well, he reached out to everyone in the class who took it and was like, Hey, you know, I'm, this is like a topic I'm interested in. If you're interested, let me know. And so that was like right before winter break. So I like, I was like thinking about it and I, I decided, you know, what, like this is a good opportunity and I'm interested in math. So I, I basically, yeah, I emailed him back. Um, and he was like, okay, like there's a few other students who are also interested. So then in the spring, we started meeting. Um, what was the topic about? What were you guys researching? Yeah, so it's in the field of, I guess, like um, algebra and combinatorics. It was like sort of like uh, like he had to teach us more even after the course. So like it was kind of obscure, um, honestly, in terms of math. But yeah, so like we when we like met with him, he started teaching us some like basic concepts. And then, yeah, we were meeting once a week as well as doing some work outside of our meetings uh, and kind of working towards um, solving some problems that he had, he wanted to answer basically. So you guys, as um, you were a high school student, you worked with the undergraduates to help him solve these problems? Yeah, so, so like I was basically, I was like one high school student among like, 
entirely college students basically in this class like it was it was just a normal college class so when he emailed uh everyone in the class i was on that list and i just reached out but then everyone else was um were, were college students so yeah i was doing working with like they were probably like sophomores maybe um or something like that in college so i was yeah i was working with them and how can you tell us like how long you did this for and you said you guys got something published so can you tell us a little bit about that as well yeah um so we i mean so yeah i think we started working must have been 2019 right beginning of 2019 and by mid July we had kind of finished it and you know the process is kind of long like once you finish a paper it takes a while before you know you're editing it and then you have to send it to a paper um you know that process can just be pretty slow so we we had like kind of finished in July and I think it, maybe a few months later we published it to uh this thing called archive which is run by Cornell it's just like a huge database like before you publish your paper in like an actual journal, you might, you kind of put it there first, just so that, you know, you put your, you put your paper out there, people, anyone can access it, but it's not, it's like unofficially published. So um, yeah, we put that one there. And then I also started working on like a similar problem with a friend actually, who also went to my high school and was also taking classes at GW. And with that paper, we also got that on the archive and are like working with actually right right now we're kind of working with um like an undergraduate journal um so yeah that's kind of the process that with that first paper i actually don't know like we submitted it to a um a journal but it, it just takes a long time so mm-hmm. yeah wait what you're doing with your friend the research like the paper you're trying to get published with your friend is that was that part of high school like you were in high school now you're in college you're still doing or just college uh, no, that was with the same professor. Oh. Um, it was kind of it was kind of random because he was a friend and he also like really into math. He was actually doing the full GW program where he's taking all of his classes at GW. Mm-hmm. And he also took a class with that professor, um, the same one I took, actually, and then kind of got involved, also got involved with some new research the professor wanted to do. This professor was like very active in like getting undergraduates to do research with him, which was really cool um, and fortunate for me. So like. Um, yeah, I was like, hey, like, you know, like, do you want to like work on this problem together? Um, and like what he was working with these new undergraduates with was pretty similar. So yeah, we were just kind of working on together under this guidance of the same professor um, that we both had. Uh, can you explain to me? So like, I have not done research, let alone like math research. So yeah. when you're doing research for like math specifically, what exactly are you researching? Because like science, you do the experiments, but what do you do with uh, math? Yeah, so math research is definitely very different. So it's pretty much the the idea is that you have some type of problem um, or like theorem that you want to that you want to prove. And with re- with what makes it research is that this is a, a thing that has never been proven before by anyone else. So you have some some theorem or some idea like a hypothesis, but in a math context that you want to prove. And the way you go about it is honestly like just trying things and um you know, there's ways that you can use computer programs to like assist, especially with like doing calculations um, that can help lead you to your result. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of the idea. I mean, if you've like if you ever taken like a math class and like you have to you're asked to prove something, yeah. it's like that. But like 
the problem is probably a lot harder mm-hmm. to prove and it just takes time and um you know you're bouncing off ideas but yeah you're not like in a lab you're not um experimenting really well you you are experimenting but just more with ideas so uh, you're just like on paper or like computer and you're just like trying everything to solve this theorem yeah i mean you're i mean that's kind of the general idea like and sometimes you'll i think one thing that's generally pretty helpful with with math research especially is you know trying to get to that inter- intermediate step so like often you'll kind of be working and trying to figure this out and you'll get an intermediate step and you're like okay like this is getting me closer uh and yeah so it's i mean it's a lot of trial and error um and it's also just a lot of like thinking critically and like problem solving uh to try to figure hella out. complicated wow i'm, I'm not yeah. a math math person so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it definitely, it definitely takes time, um, but it's super helpful. It was really helpful to have like other undergraduates to work with as well as the guidance of the professor. Um, This was again, like a problem that he hadn't proven, but it was one that I think he thought was manageable for, for undergraduates. So, yeah. That's amazing. Okay. And for college app purposes, so you said you did research, like the first ever research you did was with this professor and then you did it with the same professor, but with your friend as well. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me for college app purposes, when you were writing, you know, research with this like professor, what did you write for the college app? Cause they don't like, you can't tell them all of what you told me, right? You only have like a few lines. So what did you write for that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I put it like as an extracurricular activity and like, was it 150 characters? I was, I was basically just like kind of not even using full sentences. I was just like, conducted something like this, like conducted research um, at George Washington University with undergraduates and um, and like under guidance of professor. I mean, I could, yeah, it was something like that. And just like, and then I think I briefly mentioned what the topic was, um, but yeah. And like, I, I also mentioned like how many hours per week and um, you know, the duration of how long I've been doing it for. But yeah, you can't, I can't really get into details about it. Uh, the hope is that they, they understand um, what I'm talking about. Yeah. And one more thing I have with this, like GW, I guess, mm-hmm. not just your research, but just the partnership in general. Are you allowed for college apps? Are you allowed to get a recommendation letter from a GW professor? Yeah. So I actually did get one of my recommendation letters from that professor and it was, I think, I mean, it was completely fine. Like, I think there might have been a few colleges that didn't, may have not accepted that. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, like I had, I had two, two other recommendations from high school teachers. So um, I figured like that was enough just in case. But I mean, I think, I mean, it, it wasn't an issue. I just submitted it. And I don't think any colleges seemed to have a problem with it. And do you think you're, I don't think you can like read the recommendation letters, but do you think that recommendation letter from your GW professor was like your strongest one? Cause you had classes and also research with him. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would imagine that it probably was. Um, I'm not sure if it was like the best letter, but I think for colleges to see that um, I know, like, especially with that, for with the class, you know, it, it took like, I improved, like it was not easy to go right into a college class. Um, but it, you know, that improvement and then working on it with research, I think that definitely um, was like a, a good relationship that I had with that professor. Um, and I think for colleges, it was probably the strongest. All right. So we did these like 
we did your research. What other extracurriculars did you do? And you don't have to like mention everything, just mm-hmm. like the main ones that yeah. you feel are most important. Yeah, I'll mention the, the two other main ones, I think. So again, um, this was also like started around junior year. So my high school had like an internship program where um, basically you, you like take a class like for credit and all you do is just find an internship and go to it. Is for, it called IM? Uh, no, it's, I think it's just called like internship one or something. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, it was just very generic name, but, um, yeah, so like I, I did this internship at a, a real estate firm and I, I, you know, did that for the semester. And then after that, they were like, do you want to keep working with us? We'll pay you. So I was like, sure. Um, so they paid you. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, minimum wage, like it was like a, you know, not like a super, uh, like amazing job, but it was like, I was working at a, a real estate company sort of doing more, just kind of like helping mm-hmm. with whatever they needed help with, like office stuff, nothing like super advanced or anything. But yeah, so I, I started doing that for, I was working like three to four days a week after school. I continued doing it a bit over the summer and into the fall. I even worked, actually like worked there really until like around COVID when I um, it kind of slowed down, but, um, yeah, so that was, that was another thing that I think was good. Like that work experience. Uh, where did your, um, I guess interest in real estate come from? Why did you choose a real estate internship? Yeah. I mean, that was more along the lines of like that econ I was talking about. And like, I think, I think my friend had told me, so yeah, this was actually, my friend had told me that his, his friend who was an upperclassman had done a real estate internship. And so I actually, I was like, oh, cool. Like that's something I'm interested in. So I actually reached out to the same um, real estate company that he worked at. And I was like, hey, like, would you be interested in having another intern? I worked there for about two weeks. And then they were like, sorry, we don't like, like someone quit and they didn't have any work for me. So then they basically fired me, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, I can't, this is like something I want to keep trying at. So I called another real estate company and they were like, yeah, come in for an interview. Um, so, I mean, that's definitely something that I would say is that if you, I think if you're, if there's something that you're really interested in that uh, you want to get experience with, I like, I did not, I didn't apply on Indeed or anything. Like I literally just cold called this random real estate company near my house and was like, do you want an intern? And, you know, I think that they were like, oh, like that's free work and uh, why not? And so it, and it worked out. I mean, I ended up getting a job there. Um, and it was, it was great, but, um, yeah, that was, I think that was also a really good extracurricular I had. Yeah. And I want to go a little bit deeper into this. So number one, how did you, I guess, how did your school help you find an internship if they helped you at all? And also, can you tell us what you did in your internship? Like, what did you do every time you came in? What was your role? What was your responsibility? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, they didn't really help you that much. Like they, they gave us a list of like, um, places that were looking, which did not include this place. Um, but it was, I think that was kind of the point of the class was to like, you got to figure it out. Um, you got to make those calls apply. Um, and you know, people found all sorts of jobs that were really interesting. So, um, it wasn't much help from the, from the school. And then I guess, my my tasks there were mainly more like office stuff. So like um, I would deal with like um, billing, like kind of like processing like billing documents, um, 
I would also work with like, like agent, like real estate agents would like have open houses um, and they would like request supplies. So I would like, you know, process those requests, order them online for them. Um, and yeah, like pretty much like just working at an office and helping out real estate agents with things they needed uh, was like the main duties and it could really range. Um, but like those were two main things that I did, I'd say. What? I guess we could say advice would you give for people trying to find internships? And I will say this like for me as well, because I'm also part of an inter internship program at my school. Like I'm a junior right now and I'm trying to find an internship. So what advice would you give for finding internships? Yeah. I mean, I think the main thing is to just like, um, you know, when you like, I think that what will really impress, especially like older um, people who are like looking at like, you know, younger people and not being sure if they're going to be good or if they're serious about it, because a lot of people do call, like a lot of people are looking for internships. They might be taking the same class, but they don't really care. They're not really um, necessarily taking it too seriously. So if you want to set yourself apart, I think a great thing you can do is, you know, call, be super professional, send very formal emails. When you show up to that meeting uh, or like that interview, you know, dress really nice, um, present yourself really well and just show it's like, in, in a sense, it's like superficial, but you're just showing that you are taking it seriously. And I think even if they, even if like, you know, once you have the job, they don't care if you show up like a lot, I don't, they wouldn't, they didn't care if I showed up in um, like shorts and t-shirt, if I showed up like, you know, a suit. I mean, like I, I generally showed up like, you know, more business casual attire, but just showing initially that you're really serious about it, I think is a great, is a great um, thing to do. And it sets yourself apart. And then also, I mean, just like um, looking like on Google, like what I did was like, I was on Google maps, just like, oh, does this place look cool? And then calling them. I think that's another thing is emails are really easy to ignore. But yeah, when you so like, what do you them, do when you call? Like, hey, can I talk to like the boss or something? It's like, hey, um, I was calling, just explain like, I'm, I'm, I go to the school. I am a part of this internship, you know, be transparent about the fact that it's a course um, and you're going to, you know, it's like this, I'm taking this internship class in my school. And this is what we have to do. Now I was just wondering if you had any positions available for me um, or if I could come in for an interview. Um, and they might be like, well, in my case, I think I was pretty lucky. They were like, um, yeah, that like, what's your email? That, that sounds cool to us. Like and I came in for an interview and it was, um, it went well. But I think that just like going about that and just trying a lot of places, because some places might be like, um, we don't really have a position for you. Uh, or they might be like, we'll email you. And then they don't email you. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think just like putting yourself out there to a bunch of different places. <clears throat> and again, like that calling also sets yourself apart because a lot of people don't want to have that, you know, verbal communication. They'd rather just send an email and, you know, not think about it, but like showing that you're serious and like calling uh, makes that company also feel like, oh, like they actually want to work with us specifically. Like they're taking it seriously. All right. And you said you had one more, I guess you could say like major, main, yeah. like important extracurricular. So what was that? Yeah. So again, junior year, um, I was kind of, I didn't, I wasn't doing as much in freshman, sophomore year as I probably, probably should have been, but um, yeah, junior year, I, me and my friend founded a, a club at our school called personal finance club. And we would kind of meet every week and we would kind of discuss um you know, different like personal finance topics, like, like, you know, debt, um, investing, 
um, student loans, like stuff like that. Um, and it was, you know, it was, it was pretty casual club. It was with my friend, like it was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I would say that was, that was probably the third like main thing that I had. And again, it was just something I was interested in and something that sounded pretty fun to do with my friends. So, yeah. And the other like potential extracurriculars you had, were they just like one year things, something that you did like occasionally? Um, I mean, I had some bigger ones. Like I, I did soccer for like three years. Um, but like some of them were like pretty small things. Like, um, yeah, like I worked, like I worked at like a summer camp for like a few weeks in the summer of like sophomore year, like just smaller things generally, um, like a little bit of volunteer stuff I did, but yeah, like a lot of things besides that were like more like one year, one month type things. All right. So we can go on to the actual like college application part. Mm -hmm. So number one, when did you start thinking about schools and creating your list? Did you, I don't know, maybe your parents are like, let's go on some college tours or was your school saying like, let's look into colleges now? Like what started the, the actual college application process for you and how did you choose the schools you applied to? Yeah. I mean, I, I did some, some tours of colleges in the summer before my senior year. And that was when I, I like, honestly didn't, wasn't thinking much about it until like later part of junior year. But yeah, so like I did some college tours and then I definitely, I had lists that kind of like fluctuated. Like I, like I had like a solid list probably um, like by the beginning of my senior year. Like, I mean, another thing is recommendation letters is definitely better to think about. That was something I was thinking about in junior year and asking about towards the end of junior year, not during senior year, because that's like when a lot of people are asking and it can kind of be overwhelming for teachers. So those things I started thinking about earlier, but in terms of the actual colleges I wanted to apply to, um, I was, I'd say more like, you know, after I visited colleges, like in the summer, I was thinking about it, creating lists and. Well, which colleges yeah. did you visit and what were you looking for on the campus? Yeah. I mean, I was definitely, so the, I, I mean, I, I visited a lot. I visited some on the East coast and some of the West coast. Um, like I kind of just did like a trip up the East coast trip of the West coast for colleges. And I was actually pretty set on the West coast. So I like for early admissions, I applied to Stanford. I didn't get in. Um, that was kind of like the dream. And, but yeah, besides that, I was like, I was still pretty set on the West coast, you know, applying to UCs. Why, you, um, why do you like the West coast over the East coast? You got sick of the East coast? Yeah. I mean, I've lived here and my grandparents live on the West coast and it's just like the beach. It's nice weather. I mean, it's kind of just like, it just kind of seems like a nicer place to be. Um, so I was, I was just kind of set on it for that reason, but, um, yeah, so I was like applying to UCs, the, uh, Claremont schools. Um, and then, yeah, like on the East coast, I was honestly like a lot of the colleges I applied to were like, in terms of like the more, like, um, more like the reach schools, I was just like applying to like a lot of different good schools. I don't know. Like, <clears throat> Stanford, I was definitely really wanted to go to, but again, like my thought process was like, you know, just apply to a lot of these like reach schools and see if I'll get into one. And then more like, uh, and then also again, with the UCs, I was more like, okay, these, those are, those were also reach schools, but it's like West coast. And then, you know, I was trying to have that balance also with a lot of, um, 
more like a few like match schools, I guess. And then did you think about applying to GW? I did not apply to GW. I didn't. The closest school I applied to was like at least I don't even know, probably at least like 100 or 200 miles from DC. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But like, why didn't you think about applying to GW? Um, I mean, like, I would have literally been on the exact same camp. I would have seen my high school like all the time if I went to GW. So it was just sort of like, I didn't really want to, I didn't really want to like stay to, I honestly didn't want to stay close to home. So I didn't apply to any schools really in the area. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And what did your, how many colleges did your final list come down to? You don't have to name all of them, but. Yeah, I think it was, um, it might've been like, like 15, but like a bunch of them were like UC. So that was all like one application. Um, but yeah, I think it was something like that. And like a lot of stuff was, I was able to kind of, you know, use for, uh, like, you know, using very similar content for different colleges. So, uh, yeah. And just quick money was not a problem for you. Like you were, you had more financial, like flexibility in the schools you applied to. Um, I think I, I mean, I definitely had a lot of, um, more, like I had definitely had more financial flexibility than a lot of people. Um, I mean, I, I did get financial aid at like, um, at Brown and a lot of schools, uh, and that was actually a consideration with Brown, but, um, I will say that, yeah, I definitely didn't have to think about it as much as like, I was anywhere that I think that anywhere I wanted to go to, I would have been able to. Um, like figure it out, probably taking out a lot of loans, but um, yeah, that was not a consideration so much when applying to schools. When I was applying, I was like, I just want to apply and see where I can get in. All right. So now let's go into the actual college application. Mm-hmm. So first I want to talk about the, I think you're the first, maybe you're like one of the first people I have interviewed that has applied to like the UC schools. So, and I'm really confused about the application for that. So can you quickly explain how the UCs do their applications? Like, is it all as one? Do you yeah, so, all of them or you can pick and choose? Yeah. So you really just, you do the UC application and then you pretty much just check off which schools you want to send it to for the most part. Like there's not really much variation at all. So if you want to uh, apply to all six schools, you just fill out one application. Yep. You just, uh, yeah, you can apply to all of them with one application and that application consists of um, it's weird with the grading. So you actually like manually submit all your grades and they don't, um, ask about like minuses or pluses. So that could be a benefit or a downside depending on, um, how you look at it. But yeah, so like it's just A, B, C, D, F. Um, and then they ask about like, I think they ask about like SAT. Uh, yeah, they ask about that. I think they might require the essay. I'm not sure. At least they did, I think, when I was applying. And then you have like a few smaller essays. I don't even think there's a common app essay. There's like, there's like, I think you have to choose two or three, like couple hundred word essays, and you have like a list of a bunch of options. So yeah, that's like the bulk of the application. And then you can and just like, wherever for you like want. the in, do the individual schools does for example, does UCLA say, oh, we have these two extra prompts that are specific to UCLA? I don't think there was anything like that, if I remember correctly. Really? It's just one. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like you're sending the exact same thing to LA, Berkeley, San Diego, Santa Barbara, all that. And you said there's no like big essay? Um, I don't think I remember one. I might be wrong about that. I mean, 
either way you can like i i just don't i don't think they required that like common app essay because um yeah not that i remember oh well that's amazing you can just apply to those six schools like schools like that wow okay and but did you apply common app to most other schools yeah most others i applied um common app so yeah i think all of them actually were common app besides that and you're a big like i think it's either 600 650 word essay what topic did you write about like which prompt did you choose and what did you end up writing about yeah so uh i do not remember what the prompt was but i the general idea was it was about how what i kind of wrote about was like how when i was younger um i kind of had like a very entrepreneurial uh like mindset like i would always like be doing lemonade stands buying snacks and like buying snacks in bulk after school and then selling them and stuff like that and i wrote how basically how when i was younger i was my like I had this certain view of like work as like a way to make money. But then as I got older and actually I talked about a lot about that internship, how my view on work changed to something more, more so like as a um, way to get purpose and like, um, like uh, a way to, I'm trying to remember it exactly. It was like something like that. Like I was talking about how my, my view on work changed and like how I started out like younger and I was like always selling stuff and like trying to make money. And then as I was getting older uh, and like actually having this work experience, like seeing the value and like the purpose I feel getting out of it. And did that topic come relatively easy to you or was it like draft after draft after draft and you finally landed on something that seemed like it would work? Yeah. So um, I think I was definitely thinking about a diff- of quite a few different options. I think the the second part more about how like, how I, like learning about work and like, like gaining purpose from it and like feeling like valuable. That was something I came up with pretty early on, but then towards the end was when I start, when I was thinking about how I could um, kind of throw in this part about how, when I was younger, I would always be like doing lemonade stands and stuff. So that was, that was actually something I threw in um, a little more towards the end, but yeah, there were definitely quite a few drafts. Um, but I think that that initial idea definitely came a little bit earlier like I was by the time I applied early to Stanford that first idea was in that essay and that was like the focus but then applying to those later schools that's when I kind of threw in that earlier idea I was talking about and with your essay did you have anybody like edit it for you did you give it to like some sort of teachers to like you know revise it and make it sure it sounded like you you yeah um so it was well it was mainly like um, my parents that I had, that I asked me to, and that I asked to help me edit it. Um, and they were a big help. Um, so like, I'm definitely very grateful for that. Um, but besides that, I think I might've had my friends look at it, but mainly I was getting my advice from my parents on the essay. All right. So I don't want to really talk about like the supplementals. I mean, unless you have like some advice for those, like supplemental essays like Um, 300 300 word ones oh yeah i mean i would say i think the main thing and this has to do this is the same advice for the essay is just try to do something that like stands out um like you know when you're like applying and like there um, a lot of people are doing the exact same thing for the supplemental essays um like i have a question actually yeah so when you and i don't know about your life but like when you have lived quite a I wouldn't say normal life, but 
a very non-eventful life, no, like nothing tragic has occurred to you. Like you can't think of anything off the top of your head that seems like such a unique experience. Mm-hmm. How do you come up with like an essay topic? Like yeah, what are you I'm, looking for to write about? Yeah, I mean, like speaking from personal experience, like, yeah, like my essay wasn't about anything um, like tragic or like- Like life altering. Life altering, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true. And I think just like, I think, I think the best thing that you could probably do is just try to show that um, you have like an interesting insight, interesting perspective and like, or, you know, like just talk about, I think they really want to see that you're passionate about something like colleges in general, really want to see that you're passionate about something and that, um, you know, you've like had this maybe unique experience that you've learned from, or even if you can't think of anything that insane, um, just, you know, talking about like something really meaningful to you, um, I think is really good. And like providing an insight that a lot of other people aren't providing can like stand out as like, oh, wow, like that's really interesting. Like, I didn't even think about that as a good, as a reader of those essay, like, wow, that's like insightful. Like, wow, that's really cool. Like you just want to stand out mainly in a positive way, of course, but like a lot of essays, I think, especially this year, like um, there will will definitely be some really fascinating essays about how COVID has uniquely affected someone's life, but just talking about, you know, I didn't like COVID, like I had to not go to school, like that's, there's gonna be so many essays like that, that really doesn't stand out, like just as an example, like unless you have a really interesting perspective or like you went through a particularly hard time compared to like a lot of other people, um, I don't think like that's something I would probably try to avoid. Um, But yeah, that's like, that's just kind of something that's just like as an example. All right. And one more like last thing before we get into the colleges you got accepted, deferred and rejected from for your recommendation letters. You already mentioned you got one from the GW professor. Who were the other two from school that you got? Yeah. So then I got besides that, I got one from a math teacher I had sophomore year. And then I got one from my AP Lang teacher from junior year. And for recommendation letters, I don't know if it's like my school but I've often heard that you should get your rec letters from like junior year teachers. Is it okay to go back to like freshman, sophomore year to get your letters? Yeah. I mean, the reason I did the sophomore was because like I had pretty much had two from junior because I had my professor and then my Lang teacher. And with the reason I chose the sophomore specifically was because like, I know that I did really well in that class and that teacher really liked me. Um, so with that, I was like, I know I really stood out in this class, even though I was a sophomore, I think this is going to be a really strong letter. And I know I have two from junior. So I'd say like, I think that it's fine to get one from a sophomore teacher. Freshmen might be pushing it, but if you have like a really, like if this, if you know, this teacher is just going to really talk well about you, I think that a sophomore is probably fine. Um, and like, you can also, if you, if you're worried about it, like, you might throw in an extra letter from a junior teacher who you maybe weren't as close with, but I don't know. That's just something to consider. Like my lane teacher, I wasn't particularly like, like she was just like a teacher I had. And I was like, Oh, I should probably get some humanities in here. So like that was kind of the thought process behind that one. Okay. So let's go on to the colleges that you got accepted, deferred, and then rejected from, can you go through that and tell us what was what? Yeah. So I think, I mean, Brown was definitely the best college I got into. Um, After that, I would say Carnegie Mellon was the best besides that. Um, 
got into like UC San Diego and then uh, a few more like, like safety type schools. Um, and then, yeah, I got waitlisted a lot of places actually, um, which was kind of weird. Like, like just like the fact that I didn't just get accepted or rejected from more schools. Like I got waitlisted at Berkeley, LA. Um, <clears throat> I got waitlisted at Harvey Mudd, Claremont McKenna and uh, Michigan, I think. Mm-hmm. And by, I was like, at that time, um, like I, I kind of didn't, once I got into Brown, especially because the UCs, like I was like, it was kind of between like, okay, Brown or like UCs and the UCs weren't offering any financial aid, which they won't for a lot of out-of-state people. And I was sort of like- Are they like bad financially? If you're, if you're in-state, it's good. If you're out-of-state, it's bad. Um, so at that point I was like, like I got into Brown. I'm not going to even pursue these further. Um, but yeah, that was, that was my experience. Uh, so I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really pursue any of those wait lists any further. And how uh, did you feel when you got accepted into Brown and Ivy league? Um, it was exciting. Was I mean, yeah, so it was, it was really exciting because it was, so yeah, it was Ivy day and I had applied to, um, Princeton, uh, Dartmouth, um, yeah, Brown and I'm trying to remember the fourth. Penn, UPenn. Yeah. So I'd apply to those and I like got rejected from all the other three. And then like Brown is the last one I opened. And it was like, wow, like I cannot believe this. So it was exciting. Um, and honestly, like it wasn't like I was like super set on Brown. Um, it was just like honestly, like I did apply to like a lot of different uh schools that I thought were like good. Uh and like after Stanford, like I was like, I really want to get into like MIT and then I got rejected from MIT. So like, yeah, that was pretty much what happened. And, but once I got in, I was like, you know, like I knew about it. Like, I don't know if you've heard like the open curriculum where you like, there's no core requirements at all, except for like, there's none. Yeah. Nothing like you have to do. I think you have to do one writing class your first two years and then one writing class your second two years. And that's it. There's nothing else. That's it for part one of my interview with Seth. Make sure to subscribe. So, you know, when part two comes out and I hope to see you then. (laughs) 